Hi, and welcome to the Pentecost Today podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Mancini, and as always, I'm joined by the Executive Director of Pentecost Today USA, Alicia Hartle. It is wonderful to be here with you all, and we are very humbled today. Bob Garrett from the Alleluia Covenant community is joining us, and as always, we want to begin with inviting the Holy Spirit to come, and so let's pray together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, even as we come before you in the name of Jesus, Father, we ask, praising you and thanking you that this time together would be an experience of Pentecost, that there would be just an experience of the Holy Spirit moving and stirring in our hearts and minds. And Holy Spirit, even as as we speak, we ask that you would anoint and guide and lead not only this conversation, but, but Lord, everyone who is joining us from all across the nation, all around the world, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon everyone who comes together. We pray all of this, Lord, for your honor and for your glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And again, as always, we like to start with a little reading from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I just because we're reading it every show doesn't mean you don't have to go out and get the book. I wanted to throw that out there. So again, all, all of our resources along with other information can be found at PentecostTodayUSA.org. That's our website, including if you want to get a copy of the book, Baptism in the Holy Spirit. But as always, we like to read a little bit, kind of talk about it, and then kind of it's always... You know, something that we hope is divinely inspired that, you know, encourages us then to kind of go into the guests and uh, glean a little more. So let me start here by reading, The renewal has also given rise to new religious congregations whose charisms are rooted in the grace of baptism and the Spirit. Many of the new communities, whether lay or religious, have become sources of systematic practical teaching and dynamic organizing centers for evangelization, other forms of participation in the mystery, or excuse me, in the mission of the church. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. So for some of those who are joining us, maybe you haven't heard or encountered a covenant community. But in the earliest of days in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, many who were coming together for prayer meetings said, you know, we want more. We want to live life in the Spirit together. And we are experiencing this call to a specific mission, to a specific territory, even region, city. And so so out of this working of the Holy Spirit, covenant communities were formed. And you know, I, uh, I have to share, years ago I was on a word gift discernment team with Chuck Hornsby who was leading, and he, he began sharing, this is my first encounter with the Alleluia community. And I'm hearing the fruits of the work, but he's, he's sharing as though this is an everyday comment. He said, you know, we have been prayer walking every day hourly for years but it just wasn't enough so now we're prayer driving through the night in our neighborhood and you know in our area and and i just thought lord life in the spirit is so glorious it's so missional for this covenant community and so today's guest bob garrett he is one of seven active elders of the alleluia community in augusta georgia 
and he serves as the overall coordinator of the community. And Bob, were you were you one of the founding members there from the earliest days of the Alleluia community? Actually, I wasn't. Uh, I'm. I was part of the first group to import itself to Alleluia. I, I came from San Antonio, Texas, from an Episcopal church, by the way, and we we came at year uh, right about year three of the community life. So it was about it was a tiny little community at that point, and we were the first people to show up, and I guess confirm to the founders that they were doing something significant and, and, and something that was at the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's so beautiful. So within the first three years of the founding of the community, you were there. How did yep. you, how did you, uh, if we can just hear a little bit of your background, how did you even come into that place of, of receiving the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit in your own personal walk with the Lord? Oh my goodness. That, well, that was a, a real adventure for me because I, I began as a Methodist. I was a very faithful Methodist, went to church usually twice on you know Sunday morning and Sunday evening and Wednesday night sometimes and was a lay leader in the in the movement using uh, you know my what leadership gifts I had uh, for the uh, Methodist youth and then I moved to Texas and uh, grew up there and I, I feel more like a Texan than a Louisiana person <laughs> at this point and uh, went to uh, Baylor University Baptist University for about a year and then transferred to the University of Texas in, in Austin graduated in 73 and I had made a terrible mistake when I went to UT and that's that uh, I was curious about what I had been missing on the other side you know I grew mm. up as a you know very upright uh, Christian young man, you know, didn't, didn't drink, didn't do anything out of order. And I said, well, I want to find out about the other side. And I did that. That was the worst mistake I ever made in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And in 73, I was really in a terrible location in my spirit, in my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's when the Lord reached, reached down and organized, uh, I guess, uh, what do you call it? An administrative miracle for me, and uh, <laughs> where I, I was working at a hospital, and I had two uh, long weekends back to back, and you know everybody saying, "What did you have to pay to get that?" You know, and so, uh, but I was at the literally at the worst point in my life, and uh, felt like I needed to drive home, which is five hours away in northeast Texas. So I drove rapidly home, and as I was driving in the driveway, my mom and dad were packing the car to go to a, a family reunion in another town. And, and if I'd have been a few minutes later, I would have, you know, I would have missed them all together and wouldn't have had no idea where they were. Well, that uh, that family reunion gave me the opportunity to refresh my relationship with a, a second cousin that I had. Both my mom and dad were only children, so all I have is second cousins and, and further. But, um, and this guy lived in Dallas, he was my cousin Bud, and he was a real estate developer and a finance person. And he had gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit and was a member of an Episcopal church there in, uh, in Dallas. And uh, just, I mean, the stories that he told me just blew my mind. And it sounded like this, this God I had just walked away from was actually the answer to every prayer that I, every problem I was having. And so I went back, uh, back to 
Linden with, with my mom and dad. And that night, uh, I was in the middle of the night. I was sleeping on the couch, sleep on the couch in the living room. And I was having this terrible storm inside of me. And But I, I realized what was going on, and I asked God to, you know, forgive me for my apostasy and you know, I accepted him anew into my life, and, and I didn't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was, but my mom and dad had it, and they had both changed dramatically. And I said, well, if that's real, I want it, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the storm went away. I went to sleep, and the next day, I was a brand-new person. Uh, I'd gotten deliverance from two or three just terrible demons that had just eaten my lunch. I didn't I didn't know what they were, but when they were gone, I noticed the dramatic difference. So um, that happened in, in the July, July 1st, 1973. Bob, I want to back up. When you said you left, first of all, on a comical note, when you said you were going to go to the other side, I thought you were going to tell me you were going to become a Catholic. And <laughs> I'm kidding because we're good Catholics on this side. Um, did you, was that a faith thing? Your faith, you just fell out of faith? I mean, or was it just, I just want to see what's on the other side? Well, yeah, uh, the other side was the other side of life, you know, that I missed with all my high school friends, what they were all doing. And, you know, I was I was just missing out on all the fun, in quotes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was... Or what was, you thought uh, was fun. Not ne- right. What I thought. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. Because right. that's, that's a very dis- important distinction for a lot of people listening. You know, the other right. side but, looks fun on the surface, but... Yeah, uh, they presented it as right. lots of fun, and it, it looked like it might be, so I was going to find out for myself. And my goodness, it was like I opened the door to hell uh, mm. to my end of my life when I did that. Mm. And uh, Bob, I think, you know, there's something to the invitation. It's amazing to hear that you say, you know, you obviously we all know our parents pretty well because we've lived with them. We grew up with them. So for you to say, my parents were completely different people. They received this yep. grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit necessarily know what it was but they were changed (laughs) yeah that's exactly right even to share your cousin um his stories of what he was seeing can you share yeah can you Uh, share with us some of the ways you had seen how your parents changed maybe or or even the stories that you were hearing that that got your attention oh gosh that's that's a a big area there i'll try to narrow it down a little bit (laughs) But uh, mom and dad, you know, dad was a physician, and you know he was he was a great uh, person. He was a, a Methodist lay leader in our in our area, and um, but he did have a temper, and um, I mean, just one day I saw him, and his temper was just gone. Mm. It was like he was completely changed. My mom had several areas in her life that were uh, I didn't think were good, and they were they were gone too. Mm. And so I said, wow, anything that can do that has got to be, got to have something behind it, you know, something real. That's, this was real I was seeing. And my cousin, uh, he, he, well, he happened to be a Texas ex also. So he was, you know, uh, you know, we had some school stuff to catch up on when I was visiting with him. But he began to tell me story after story of how, uh, and now the, the priest in this Episcopal church had gotten baptized in the spirit too. And a lot of the exchange happened between Bud, my cousin and father Niles, the, the priest there. And, uh, you know, they, for one Sunday, for example, priest was preaching and Bud was sitting in the front and there was this bright light right between them. And they were the only two that saw it, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. uh, so that started them wondering what was going on. 
and you know a number of odd things began to happen, including you now uh, I had moved up there after the next weekend. And I told you there was two weekends the administrative miracle. Uh, the next weekend I went up to Dallas to visit with him and uh, and his family, and he said, "Well, I, I don't understand this, but uh, and I don't." you don't look like a Dallas businessman, but I want to invite you to come up here and live with me <laughs> and with us and, and become a real estate developer and, you know, and, and that stuff that I had zero and in, really no interest in and no mm. background in at all. And, uh, so I'll give you an example of how he was in, instructing me. We had a, an artist that was a member of the parish who said, called bud and said uh, he was having problems in his studio which was detached well it was a garage next to his house and uh, converted into his art studio and he said he just felt terrible creepiness every time he went in there Mm -hmm. even though you know he he did his work he he never could shake that so he invited us over to pray over his his studio so uh, we uh we went over there and as soon as we got out of the house on the back porch uh, heading to the garage, I had this terrible creepy feeling inside. I knew, I mean, it it, in fact, it scared me because it reminded me of one of these demons I'd gotten delivered from whenever that I had that creepy feeling of like insanity would come over me. And I said, Oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bad place now. And Bud recognized that. And he said, no, that's not what's going on. You're experiencing your spirit, your gift of discernment, and I feel it too, you know. So we we stopped and prayed that God would deliver that building right there from the porch. And it was a still night, and uh, this huge cottonwood tree that was next to the studio began to to shake like there was a wind, Mm -hmm. big wind blowing through it. And as soon as that went away, that feeling went away, and the artist went back in and said, wow, this feels completely different. And later we found out that the, there had been a murder committed in that building, so it had some mm. real uh, authenticity to its possession or the, or the resonant of a sp- evil spirit there. But I saw that spirit leave through, you know, and it, and it was an amazing thing. So I, I was kind of in a school for spiritual ministry uh, for that, that period I lived in Dallas with my cousin. Mm. That's beautiful. Uh, Bob, can we, we ask you, you know, you just hearing the beginnings of how the Lord kind of through your administrative miracle <laughs> brought you into the deep end to kind of all of a sudden you're not only receiving the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit but launched into ministry in beautiful ways and being formed but um, it would be wonderful to hear some of just kind of the life of the Alleluia community how you first heard about it what drew you to that place and then even um, just hearing about what the Lord is doing with the Alleluia community today. Okay, I, I think I can do that. Uh, part of my, my job at that time was, was moving to San Antonio where I could oversee you know, some construction and developments we were doing down there. And I, I became a member of, a, of an Episcopal, Episcopal church, St. George, in Castle Hills. And um, and it was a charismatic church. I mean, the priest was charismatic, and most of the folks there, we worshiped in the Spirit a lot. It was a real unusual place, but it was a, a really great place. And the priest had read a copy of New Covenant magazine back, I forget, must have been in uh, 
72 or something. I forget when it was. Yeah. I've seen the cover of it, and it had a picture of Faith Village on the uh, the Faith Village sign on the front, which is the neighborhood that the community owns and operates together. And uh, they were hosting a Southeastern Regional Catholic Charismatic Conference that year. So he went over to it, and uh, when he came back, he was he was just thunderstruck by what he saw. He said, they, they are doing what we're trying to do and don't know how to do it. And, you know, so 20-some-odd of us were really curious and drove from San Antonio to Augusta, Georgia. It's not a short trip. And in October of uh, 75, I guess, and we saw it, and, you know, I... I, for one, had uh, I'd been really struck by the grace that was there. In fact, I after I had come here, this was a, kind of an aside story, but after I had moved, been here for about six months, Sue and I had gotten married, and and uh, we were living in community together. And I had gotten an invitation from a, a medical partner of my dad's, uh, who was professor at LSU Medical School in in Shreveport. And he said that I could pursue my life's dream and desires becoming a doctor by, uh, and he could get me into medical school there if I'd just come. So I said, well, hey, I'm, I'm on my way. And on the way, on the way back, not on the way back, but I mean, before we left, we'd already announced we were leaving. I had a prayer time up at a convent that was close by, uh, Episcopal uh, Convent of St. Helena's. And the Holy Spirit just came and spoke clearly to me. And he said, or maybe it was a father. I'm not sure who it was, but he said things like, "Have you ever seen me act more powerfully, or have you ever have you ever seen me do more in your life, or have you, you know, just on and on questions like that?" And the last question was, well, "Then why are you leaving?" And I thought about that for a minute, and I said, "Lord, if that's if if all of this stuff is happening over here, I guess I'm not leaving. So I can tell that you got me here on purpose, so I'm staying." So we. You know, we went back down the hill, or I did, and told Sue, and she was happy with that. And so we we're, we've been there ever since. And it was just, it was like getting on a spiritual roller coaster in some kind of way. There's always something new and happening. It's still, and it's honestly, it's very much like that still. Life in the spirit is a very exciting place to be. And, and and our community fosters that kind of environment where spiritual activities are just a way of life. You were you were saying Chuck Hornsby, I was just in a meeting with him earlier and we were talking about some of the, the amazing ways that God has given us the answer to questions that just we didn't have any answers for. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the truth. But in fact, Alicia, when you started us off in prayer, I said, This sounds about like I start off our elders meetings. Uh we we don't have an agenda. We don't have a five-year plan. Our agenda, well, other than our agenda, is listening to the Holy Spirit and then doing what he says. Mm. And that's how we start all of our meetings, and that's how we uh, conduct ourselves, and we really try to live a life that is genuinely directed by the Holy Spirit. So that's uh, when there's a lot of uh, story between, you know, when I first got here and me here now as overall coordinator. (laughs) I mean, a lot has happened. (laughs) <laughs> but right. that's that's where it's all been on that road, you yeah. know, that road that is goes to docility to the Holy Spirit, learning how to be a person of deep prayer, uh, really trying to exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit at all times, being prepared. You know, be, you don't know what you're going to get 
in life. You go to the grocery store or something, you don't know if you're going to get a chance to do something. But if you're on on alert, you may well. So that's that's what we encourage all of our community members to be like, and we try to bring formation and teaching to them so that they will have the skill and the confidence to be able to live a life in the spirit in a public kind of way. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Bob, can you share with us a little bit about how the charismatic gifts and really life in the spirit is fueled and practiced and integrated into the life of the community like that, you know, intercession, day and night, prayer walking and interceding for the community how long has that yeah. been running? What does oh, that yeah. look like? And, you know, the ministry of the school, the ministry of, of hosting national and international groups coming in, any ways that, that you can share, um, even sharing life in the spirit with little ones, with children, any of those ministries and fruits that you can share with us, just so that uh, people get a taste for how the Holy Spirit has been cultivating life in the spirit through the Alleluia community. Right. Well, of course, that's a that's another large question there, a large uh, <laughs> ask that you're giving. I'll try to ask the Holy Spirit here right now to help me be able to share what needs to get shared. But we we are a people of prayer, and we are a people of praise. We we love to worship together. Now, this is our ecumenical life. We have a, maybe a dozen different or more different denominations of people that are part of our community life. And we have been practicing receptive ecumenism for since the beginning, Not, but we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just doing it at the direction of the Holy Spirit. Later on, we found out that a concept of receptive ecumenism is what we have been living out, and it has really, really worked. It works fabulously. And even though I was reading about that subject, and I ran across something, you know, it's mainly the theologians that are writing about it right now, and they said things like, well, lay people, they can't really do this. They need to have a professional ecumenist with them or, or a, you know, a, a, a scholar or somebody. And I said, that's ridiculous. We're, we're, we're doing exactly what you're saying, and we never had any of that, you know. So mm-hmm. I know that the grace of God has really, really guided us in, a, in a, a, maybe a specific kind of way. He's protected us, and a lot of that protection, I think, came through our prayer watch. Now, Alicia, you're aware of that, but I did a calculation on, on it the other day, and I, I found out that we have done something like 376,000 or more, 680 more, uh, continuous hours of prayer on our prayer watch. And one of the prayers we pray is for spiritual protection and deliverance, but also for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all of our on, on our community and upon our city and Man, our goodness, God has answered that prayer so well. And those prayers, you know, we, we continually keep this thing going. And my watch, my watch, my prayer watch is from four to five on Monday morning, every Monday morning. So for 43 years, I've been doing that. And it's been, uh, it's hard to estimate how much that's difference that's made. But that has, uh, I think, probably changed the game uh, for us in a lot of ways. Our school was another example. We we were a little community when we started a K through 12 school, and there's almost no way we had the manpower or the money or anything necessary to do that. But we heard the spirit say start it, so we did. And you know we had it in a, a church loaned us their camp for a, a couple of years, and south of 
uh, Augusta, and we so we used that for a while. And then uh, I was, this is what Chuck and I were talking about earlier today. Uh, Chuck and I were both at different times driving by this old abandoned or severely underused uh, property that the city was, I mean, that the state uh, board of education was trying to sell. They didn't need it anymore. And he told both of us uh, he was going to give us that school. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't think much about it when I heard it, but when I heard that Chuck had heard the same thing, we began to take that real seriously. Mm-hmm. And before long, we actually owned the school. They, they, they made us a deal we couldn't refuse. And, and as soon as we, we bought it, we closed on it, there were all kind of people lined up wanting to buy that property and, you know, tear the buildings down and put a shopping center on that corner. But God just kept, that was another administrative miracle. He kept everybody away from it for a while. And uh, so our school has been a, just a magnificent example of the life and the spirit in, in, our, in, our, in our life. Now, it's just for community kids. So, in fact, this morning I met with the, the high school boys and answered questions for them. They were curious about the prayer wives. They were curious about all kinds of things. So I just gave them the history of it and uh, prayed for them at the end, you know, that, and gave the, the superintendent who was, well, uh, Chuck is about to retire and the, the new superintendent was, was there or ne- for next year. And I gave them an opportunity to ask questions too. And that rich formation has just had a marvelous impact on all of our kids. In fact, I read them from uh, a text I had just gotten from two girls, community girls, who had been to Poland to visit the community over there we had stayed with. And they were just blown away. They had such a good time. They were so confirmed in their community life over here because they saw the same thing was happening there in Poland. And uh, so that was just live. That just happened this morning. So that's like a daily occurrence around here we we listen carefully to the holy spirit and then we go through the doors that he opens for us and man that 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 is an adventurous life there because you never know what kind of door the lord's going to open for you no that's fantastic i'm kind of curious about something you made a comment a few times and i've and i've asked other guests on the show you said i clearly heard the lord you know he spoke to me how do you how do you discern that? I mean, how did you know that that was God? I mean, I mean, we can all go well. What's the fruit of the message? But I mean, how did you know that? Now, this is really God. This is not just something I'm. I don't say wishful, yeah. but you know. But, but there is because there, there there is a very there are a lot of people that think they hear God and it's not really God. So I'm I'm curious. That, what does it sound like? And how do you discern it? That is a great question because that's a major part of my testimony. When I lived in uh, Texas, I had. I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, become a Lone Ranger Christian. You know, I heard from God, and then I did it, and that was all I needed <laughs> to have. And, uh, well, I, I got uh, myself in some pretty deep trouble at one point. Uh, and, I, I mean, I hate to go, in a way, hate to go into this, but uh, it was my, uh, I had thought I heard the Holy Spirit say that a particular girl was the one I was supposed to marry. And, uh, well, it turned out that wasn't right. And the way it, the way it got straightened out for me was my, on that first trip in October to Hallelujah community, there was the first thing that happened when I got off the plane and got in the car 
one of the uh, one of the coordinators said, I, "I hate to tell you this, but I've gotten a word of knowledge for you. I think, but I'll share it. I don't want to, but I'll share it with you." I said, "Well, go right ahead." And he he did, and he said, "This girl that you think is you're supposed to marry, she's not the one, but you already know who the other one is, the right one is." And and immediately I knew that was true, you know, and uh, that was a uh, I was a really I had gotten myself into real trouble by just not properly discerning what I was thinking was from the Lord. Because so, later on, all my friends in San Antonio said, well, we knew that, but we just couldn't tell you. you know? <laughs> Thanks, and, buddies. Uh, Confirmed. But, yeah, Confirmed. Strong confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a really an amazing story. How, and as we were leaving uh, to drive back to San Antonio, uh, some one of the women in the community got a prophetic word, and she said, "Oh, I don't know who this is for, but, but the Lord says to you, I'm going to make it as if it had never happened." And I said, "I hope that's for me." And uh, and it was. It really was me. Like my fiance, uh, when I got back, she called and she was in Dallas with my my, my mom and dad, and she uh, they had been to a, a Christian seminar about marriage and all you know it was a, a kind of a, a good seminar and she said you know i don't think we really tested our 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 decision to get married together and and uh and we maybe we made a mistake you think we did i said well i've been kind of thinking the same thing so we mutually called it off in a very peaceful positive kind of way and almost the next day she got a call from her missions organization and and they, she got on a plane and went to California right after that. I've never seen her since. And on the way, <laughs> on the way back, you know, Sue was in the in the van. And of course, she was sitting right in my. I was when I was driving, I I could look right in the rearview mirror and and looked at her, and I could see her. And I said, "There she is," you know. And I we had had an off again, on again relationship, but um, while well, I was in San Antonio, but it was like so clear at that point so we started talking about it and and agreed that oh she was going to do a liturgical dance at our wedding my sue one i'm married to now was going to dance at my uh attempted wedding with the wrong oh. wrong woman <laughs> and uh, so it, i mean it it i have lived the most mm. exciting unconventional life but it has all come to me by virtue of the holy spirit Sounds like you fell on the right path, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. You were on the right path, and when you well, went, yeah. you pulled you back on. I mean, I think everybody, right, everybody, everybody yeah. wants that. I either, either, either the signs aren't that clear, or we're not listening. Yeah, well, yeah. That, and that—that's exactly yeah. right. Because I—I didn't finish the story about what you'd asked me about was the uh, how you know how do I hear that? Well, I hear the Lord the same now. But if it's of any consequence at all, or something that makes a difference in any way, I, I start looking for people to discern that with me, test mm -hmm. it with me. Because, in fact, I was at a for about three or four months. I just couldn't hear the Lord. I just, I just, I can't. I don't know if I'm hearing the truth or not. You know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I began to listen, involve other people, and in, in discernment and testing what I was hearing, and that's when it really. I mean, I have heard a lot of things from the Lord that were right, and I just getting it confirmed by somebody else has made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, Bob, I, th I think what you just shared is profoundly beautiful, even Steve's question of 
How do you hear God? How do you discern it's truly him speaking to you? Um, Just in that that is one of the supernatural graces of baptism in the Holy Spirit, this awakening of the grace of being baptized and the reality of it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. Now I have this personal, intimate unity with God, the Father and creator of the universe, you know, who speaks to me as a son, as a beloved son, or who speaks to me as a beloved daughter. And not only that, but the life of Jesus Christ is so manifest in me that I am a temple of the living God, you know, and, and so I'm moved. My feelings are moved. My thoughts are moved. My heart is pierced, you know, and, and it changes absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. It did for me, and it almost happened overnight. Mm. You know, when the Holy Spirit came, I was a completely different person, mm. and I knew it. And I lived, I've been living out of that ever since that moment in July 1, 1973. That is, that is so. that's beautiful. You know, we, we want to talk a little bit more about some of the ministry the Lord has given to you. Um, there are specific areas of need as we serve the Catholic Charismatic Renewal throughout the U.S. There, there are a lot of ecumenical covenant communities. There are a mm-hmm. lot of people asking, how can we raise up younger generations? How can we share this grace in a way that really engages children, that engages families? Um, yep. And so so even those who are listening, uh, the Alleluia community is part of a national network of covenant communities, so the North American network of covenant communities. And there are covenant communities all across the nation, some in Canada, who are part of this network. And it's glorious to see the fruits, the graces. They're extraordinary. There are also the Sword of the Spirit network of covenant communities, people of praise network of covenant communities. But, you know, there's something really special about the Alleluia covenant community. And uh, Bob, this is, I don't know, maybe something that even in exploring and getting to know the work of the Holy Spirit throughout the nation, even in different parts of the world, your community has a very, very special work with little ones, with children coming into yep. the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit, the charismatic gifts, life in the Spirit. Yep. Can you share with us, you know, at, at what age do you begin introducing little ones? And um, what does life in the Spirit for children look like with your community? Well, of course, nobody ever feels like you're doing enough in any area, and we certainly don't feel like we've got this area mastered. But um, our our children are an, are an extension of the life and the spirit for us all. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we don't think of educating our children. We think about bringing up our family together, you know, and that's, that, that is a completely different strategy of, for providing education. And what we do try to do is model uh, the, a life in the spirit. We talk openly of, of, you know, prayer and healing and deliverance and all that. We talk about it, but we d- do life in the spirits. There's for young people. There's life in the spirit seminar, and we. It is part of, like I said, it's the air we breathe. We try to maintain this atmosphere that there's a spiritual reality. That, in fact, that's what I was talking to the young men in our high school this morning. They were. 
about about the spiritual reality that, that they were experiencing. That mm-hmm. I, you know, they were asking if they were going to be ready to leave, you know, and go out in the world. The ones that are about to graduate, and uh, I felt like, yeah, well, I mean, nobody knows what's coming, but having a really good relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and particularly with the Holy Spirit and being open to what he has for you. And then he's got gifts, he's got a plan, he's got everything you need to live a very successful, happy, and fruitful life. And it's just there for the taking. And some people don't want it, but almost all do when they find out how good God is, because he is so, he is so, so good. And we're grateful for that. So we, we pray for our kids. We do a lot of activities with them. I mean, for years, we drove out to El Paso, Texas. That's a long way. You know, it's as far from Georgia to that border of Texas as it is from that border to the other border where El Paso <laughs> is. I mean, it's further, I think. It, so Texas is a huge place. But, we, you know, Father Rick Thomas was there, and we uh, took all of our kids there all, over and over and over again. I went several times. And, you know, with Father Rick's, we would be, uh, delivering food up into the hills of Juarez or, mm. or, or visiting an insane asylum and praying for the people there. Or actually, we got into the jail in Juarez, Mexico, into the jail cells with the prisoners and were able to pray for them one time. So, I mean, okay. that experience is incomparable for young people. Yeah. Bob, there's... Foreign missions, too. Mm-hmm. There's something so beautiful that you're sharing with us just of not only going through a life in the spirit, not only living that out in community, but being poured out together and the impact that that has on us. Even as adults, we always, I remember praying with a young man on our prayer group core team, and I just had this incredible understanding of him pouring out even though he was receiving prayer ministry and I thought Lord what is happening I asked him afterward you know (laughs) I don't understand what's happening here but you seem to be pouring out even as you're receiving he said it is in giving that we receive And (laughs) and I just thought Lord what a posture even as he he sits quietly to receive prayer ministry how beautiful and you really express that beautifully and not only pouring out where you are but going out, going out and beyond, going to the least of these um, that the Lord really invites us to encounter him through. So, Bob, we, we would be humbled if you would close out this episode with a prayer for all who are joining us. Um, yes. And just, just as the Lord leads you to pray for those who are joining. Okay. Well, Father, I want to thank you with this very personal connection you're giving us all here right now. Alicia and the crew that's there, uh, Steve and Joe and Valeria and uh, everyone else that's been involved in this and giving us a direct connect. And we know that you are directly connected to each of us in the power of your Holy Spirit. And that you have also, when in each of our different churches, you have given us special gifts that are only there or, or which are primarily there and that we need to be able to share those with everyone else and go receive those others that are resident in other places. So give us the grace to not defend who we are, but to try to continue to grow and seek God, to seek the Holy Spirit, to seek the gifts of the Spirit in all of our ways and all of our days. 
or this is not just a, a temporary thing. This is a permanent thing, and it lasts for eternity. So you're just giving us a foretaste of what is to come. We're thankful for that. We're so grateful, Lord, that you show up with signs and wonders occasionally to really uh, convince us, if, as if we needed convincing more, that you are really who you say you are. You are the Lord and creator and sustainer of all and everything. So we are very, very humbled by your interest in us, by your love for us, by your plan for us. And we pray, God, that you will help us, each one, everyone here that's in the earshot of this message, will be able to walk fully in the power of the Holy Spirit in the days ahead. And they will be able to accomplish everything that Jesus has designed for them to do. And they will do that with grace and with ease and with love in their hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Bob. We appreciate your time today, as always. And folks, we appreciate you listening. We have uh, thousands of viewers downloading this from all over the world. And again, we hope we're making impact in your life. And as always, we encourage you to go out to the website, PentecostTodayUSA.org. Again, that's PentecostTodayUSA.org. Learn more about the movement. But before we go, Alicia, I do want to you know give you an opportunity. Holy Spirit 2033, coming up. Yeah, what does so that mean? So we are preparing for the 2000 year anniversary of Pentecost, which will take place in 2033. And in preparation, uh, just as we discern, Lord, what are you calling us to do? What are you calling us into? How are you calling us to pray, to prepare for this anniversary? Um, we really received a profound leading to pray a nine year novena. And I, I know that might sound a little intimidating for those who say, you know, I've prayed a nine-day novena. Well, Bob's but, been praying but, a 43-year novena. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a spectacular inspiration <laughs> through, Bob, through your testimony. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Yeah, so, you know, there, the Holy Spirit, and especially in the early days of the renewal, really brought about this grace of intercession. Yeah. Uh, I think growing up in a family that was really uh, cultivating life in the spirit together, we prayed before we prayed before we prayed, and then we prayed after we prayed after we prayed. That's still happening. So that, that posture of intercession, it really brings us into a posture of seeing all of our work, all of our ministry as being received from yeah. the Lord and really being conducted by the Holy Spirit because this nine-year novena to the Holy Spirit is one of praying for a new and ongoing Pentecost in the renewal and in every single person who has ever received baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then three years devoted to praying for a new and ongoing Pentecost in the church and then, then in the world. And so so this Holy Spirit 2033 is really just an, an invitation to pray to cry out to the Lord for a new and ongoing Pentecost, but to do it in unity with others from across the nation and around the world praying together. And each of the years is devoted to specific prayer intentions. And so if you want to learn more, you can find everything at PentecostTodayUSA.org slash HS2033. And, you know, if, if you're intrigued and you say, you know, I hadn't really heard about covenant communities, but I want to know more. I want to invite you, uh, reach out to the Alleluia community, visit them, take a trip, maybe a family vacation, take a trip to Augusta, Georgia, meet Bob Garrett, meet his community, 
and uh, see the work of the Holy Spirit in action there. Uh, Bob, if people want to learn more about the community, where would you invite them to go? Yeslord.com. All right. Beautiful. Yeah, that was easy. Yeslord.com. <laughs> I love it, Bob. <laughs> we have an 800 number, 1-800-YES-LORD, too. Oh, that's fantastic. I don't know how you got those digits, but God bless you for that. Again, that was your administrative miracle right there. Yes, it really was. Again, all right, folks, again, we want to thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your time from all over the world. Thank you very much. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again, Bob. You're most welcome. My pleasure. God bless you.